Well, as Pastor Mark has just shared with us, uh, this is uh, Sunday that the campus pastors are having the opportunity to share and to speak to you. Uh, as he said, that they are down in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now, and the Tulsa Church is uh, some of the information that we've been aware of for a while, just them coming and being a part of the Celebration Network is being uh, announced. Many of their people knew, some of the people within the church have been aware of it, but they're making a bit more of a formal of an announcement down there, uh, and they've had to... Over the last couple of weeks, uh, some of the folk in Oklahoma and Tulsa, Oklahoma, getting used to Pastor Mark. Uh, how many of you know that that's, that's quite something to do, right? <clears throat> We've been used to him. We are part of him. It's, it's, you know, <clears throat> it doesn't frighten any of us anymore when he comes up to the pulpit and he says, blah, 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 blah. all right, that doesn't bother us anymore. It's wonderful that uh, we excited, we really are excited about what God is doing at Celebration Church. The way he's bringing us together and the different campuses that have been launched and churches like the Tulsa campus that Pastor Ed has been a part of and now joining with us and, and together that we can continue to fulfill the vision that God has placed for us. So it's great to be able to be a part of it. It's my privilege this morning as the campus pastor here at, on the East Side campus to share God's word with you. You know... It's, uh, the, today was planned. It was set for it to happen. Two weeks ago when I had the opportunity to share, that was not necessarily planned. That was uh, a move of the hand of God, we put it that way. Uh, just, uh, but um, it's great to be able to be here. So the opportunity to share with you twice in three weeks is something I don't usually get the opportunity to do, but I'm glad to be able to do that. It's fun to be able to just share and share God's word with you this morning. Great to have each of you here today as well. I wonder this morning... We have begun a couple of weeks ago in preparation. Uh, this time of the year, every year, we take time out in October and beginning of November to just talk about the vision of Celebration Church and how we can be a part of that vision and a challenge to step up and, and fund that vision by giving. And as we head towards this time uh, on this Sunday the 7th of November, as we meet down at the KI Center, uh, there will not be services here. There will be the one service down at the KI Center at 10.30, and all the campuses are going to gather together. It's going to be a great time of celebration down there as we gather together in celebrating what God has for us and what God is doing in us. Part of that vision uh, is, is that we learn and understand what it means to be a generous church, a generous people to reach out and touch the lives. And so we have the theme this year, support the vision, this emphasis that we've been a part of. By the way, you saw that some of the percentages there, the percentage of participation in different campuses. Uh, but if, how many of you know this is the East Side campus, right? Okay. Uh, we were the ones that were the lowest on the, on the, on the totem pole there, the 20%. Uh, I encourage you to if you take, a, take the card and have an opportunity sometime today during the service or before the offering to fill that out and drop it in the offering plate. Just saying, not, not giving today, waiting until the 7th. We're all going to gather and we're going to give there. But an opportunity of just saying, I'm committing myself to give uh, this uh, on that particular day. So supporting the vision. You know what? It's not always easy to talk about money. And part of the vision and supporting the vision involves giving. It involves giving. Because often, money so often is, we feel that it's a private issue. It's about, just about myself and no one else. But you know what? Jesus, over and over again in the Word of God, talked about money, challenged the disciples that were there, the people of that day, and then you and I as well today. He challenged us about giving. What do we do with our money? He even said that the issue of money is very closely connected to the heart. 
Now I carry my wallet in my back pocket. I know my heart's up here and not down here. But the truth of God's word is that the issues of money and how I allow the money to work and control my life is very connected to the heart. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, wherever your possessions are, whatever is important to you, wherever your money is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Jesus saying is a very strong connection. You know, some people react in joy when the, the topic about money is brought up. Somebody, some people are kind of aggravated. Actually, I want to say to us this morning and challenge us this morning that our attitude about giving is very often a reflection on how we view money and whether that money is our source and our strength or whether God is our source and our strength. You see, people who are not threatened by talking about money are those who believe God is their provider. That God is our provider. That I'm, my provider is not, not the, the job that I have or the company that I own or the, the, the business that I'm a part of or the inheritance that I may have received or hope I'm going to receive. That that's not the sole source of my, that provides. But actually, God is my provider. He may use many different means, but He is my provider. And I can put my trust and my hope in Him. And when I don't get threatened about money, I'm able to realize and understand and believe that God is my provider. To believe that God is not limited in their lives to what, just what they see, but that God is able beyond what they currently have and what we currently have in our possession. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Let me read that to you this morning from the Message Bible. It says this. This was totally spontaneous. Paul was talking about an offering that was taken at the church at that time. He said it was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea, and it caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God. First given themselves to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention. So that what was so well begun could be finished up. And then he goes on to say to the church then, he's challenged them, he said, You do so well in so many things. And I can almost just hear the, uh, the Apostle Paul saying that to Celebration Church as well. You do so well in so many things. You trust God. You're articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You, you're passionate in your love for us. Now, do your best in this too. Referring to the giving and the offering. You see, fear does not control the person who sees God as their provider. You know, we all struggle sometimes with areas of fear in our life. But when it comes to our possessions and it comes to how we are provided for, fear does not need to control us when we know and understand that God is our provider. The act of giving is kind of like having a blood test. <clears throat> Anybody ever had a blood test before? Uh, you go into the doctor's office or the nurse and they pull out that little thing and they prick your finger or they prick you somewhere and they draw the blood out. This past Friday, I had the opportunity of having a blood test. Needed to determine what kind of, uh, some, some of the issues that, that, or wanted to determine what my cholesterol levels were basically. 
uh, and uh, whether it was good cholesterol or bad cholesterol. You know, it's kind of interesting. You've got the good cholesterol and you've got the bad cholesterol and you've got the good cholesterol fighting against the bad cholesterol. And it's kind of like it's something in Scripture about that too, isn't it? You've got the good fighting against the bad and, and you want the good to overcome as God gives you strength. Well, I had the, this test on Friday, this uh, opportunity to have a blood test telling me what's going on inside my body. Giving is like a blood test. It tells you what is really going on in your soul. Because if that's true, we know that as we give, that test will reveal our heart. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Listen to Paul as he urges the church to give again in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. It says this, a little bit different translation this time. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your gift of speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Church, family, when we do, when we excel in the act of giving, when we excel in this area in our walk with God, just watch what happens. You see, if you get mad, something is off kilter inside. If you fall into fear, that indicates that something may be amiss in your life. But if you, if you give reluctantly or feel under pressure to give, you're missing the heart of the matter. Because Corinthians 9, chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Challenges to us this morning about our heart and about our treasure and how we can respond in that way. If you are expectant or cheerful when you give, it's an indication that you believe what God wants you to believe about His providing. Now here's a shocker for you. You ready? John 3.16. John 3.16 says to us, For God so loved the world, for God so loved you and me, that He did what? Gave. That He gave Jesus, His only begotten Son. All right? God loved us so much that He gave. This famous scripture that most of us here this morning could quote tells us that you and I are most like God when we give. Because God is a God who gives. He's a giving God. And it's not just about money. I agree with you. Jesus, God gave His Son. He gave His prized possession. He gave His treasure. And when we give and when we respond, we're most like God as we give. As we give of ourselves, whatever that may look like. Whatever it may be that we're giving. Now this morning, I want to take a few moments to just talk and, and share with you uh, and try and answer for us this morning, very simply and very quickly, four questions. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that when I'm trying to process something, trying to understand something, I... Ask a lot of questions. For some people, my wife included on occasion, she thinks I ask too many questions. And most of the time, I'm just trying to understand it. It's just the way I process information. I ask questions. All right? So this morning, I'm going to try and answer, ask four questions and then try and answer them real quickly. Basically, the four questions are how, why, when, and what about giving. Four questions that maybe you'd like to ask as well. First of all, let's start with how. How should we give? How should you and I give? If our heart and our treasure is connected, how should we give? 
Well, the scripture teaches us five different things about giving. And I'm going to touch on those real quickly. First of all, scripture teaches us and encourages us and challenges us to give by giving of our tithe. Our tithe. The tithe, the actual word means 10%. It's the giving of that 10%. This is the giving that demonstrates that you are trusting God as your source. It's the giving that is a 10% giving and saying, God, I'm trusting you. I'm realizing you're my source. It's not necessarily my talents or my abilities or my efforts, but ultimately you are my source. You give me the ability. You give me the strength. You give me the opportunity. And because you're my source, I can give in that way. Abraham, in God's word, says that he gave a tenth to Melchizedek because he was declaring that no man, no man had made him rich but that it was God who was his source. Declaring that you believe God, the one who gave you that talent and that ability to earn a living. And when we tithe, that very first how of giving, when we tithe, we give with no strings attached. It's the one way that we give into the kingdom of God, into the church with no strings attached. Basically, we're not directing it to some particular project that we may have, what particular desire we have. Now, there is another form of giving that I'll touch on in a moment, that we do give particularly to a project. And I want to just challenge us this morning, as individuals and as a church. Tithe means 10%, all right? But if you're in a situation, and you're still trying to figure this all out, and you're trying to say, God, I, I'm still trying to understand. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to embrace the truth, and I'm wanting to walk in the truth, and I'm wanting all that you have, uh, are asking of me, and I'm wanting to be all the, that you want me to be. And you need to start somewhere. Let me encourage you. Start somewhere. Maybe you can start with 5%. As you give a 5%. And trusting God that you can increase that and get to that, that, that 10%. Or you know what? How many of you know that you don't have to stop at 10%? You know, there are many people that believe and, and, and encourage that as God continues to bless them, they want to increase that. I, I know of somebody that actually of their income gives 90% of their income into the kingdom of God and lives off of 10%. All right? That's a wonderful place to be. But giving of that tithe. All right, start somewhere. My challenge to us is that we would just be consistent giving regularly. What about the second one? How? Offerings. The Word of God talks about offerings. We're challenged to give an offering. This is the kind of giving that we give that's to a specific project. Maybe something that you're really interested in. It may be missions. It may be, by the way, a team. we have a team from Celebration Church that are in Guatemala right now ministering in Guatemala, 11 people left on Friday, Pastor Keith leading that team down, and they're in Guatemala, they arrived, and they arrived safely, and they involved in ministry there, maybe some of you gave towards that, giving towards a, a specific thing, maybe it's towards children, or children's effort or ministry, maybe it, it's, it's some other specific thing that you've given to, you know there's a family in our Stevens Point congregation, that have given the, the money, every month they give, all the costs that there is, for us to be able to uplink our service here, our teaching here, so that it can touch and reach out into the campuses around about us and beyond. That satellite dish and the uplink, that uplink signal, they're given. They're just over and above their tithe, but they're giving in addition to that because they see it's important. They want to see the Word of God being able to be spread and impacted around the city and even beyond, around the country as well. The third type of giving, how, is almsgiving. All right? That's not this kind of an arm, all right? Almsgiving. Giving to the poor. It's a way of giving that we give to the poor. 
Here at Celebration Church, we often talk about it, and if you see on those little envelopes, it talks about compassion. As you give to compassion, it's money that then is set aside. To give. We may take an offering on occasions to some of the ministries here in town that are specifically aimed at feeding the poor, like Manna for Life or Freedom House or some of the other wonderful ministries here in town that we can be involved in. Giving to the poor. There's another form of giving of how. It's giving to our families. Now listen to this. God wants us not to be stingy with our families. In fact, he said in 1 Timothy 3.8, we read this. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So we are challenged, we are encouraged to be givers to our families. What we are able to do, commensurate with our capacity and, and, and the, uh, what we have, that we need to be supporting and be there for our families as well. And then the fifth one is kingdom giving. Giving to help advance the gospel, the good news. <coughs> giving in that way. To see the gospel of Jesus Christ being shared and being given and being preached all over. A way to give. How? That's how we give. Now let me take it a step further in answering the second question. Why? Why do we give? Why should we give? Well, boy, there's a lot of reasons. I don't have time to go through all the reasons there are for why we should give. You could take time to have a look at that and, and, and study that. I'm just going to give you two real quickly here this morning. All right, Two reasons of why we should give. Number one, giving generously leads us to a greater dependence on God. When you're a generous giver, it helps you to know, helps you to embrace, helps you to walk in the truth that you are dependent upon Him not upon your possessions. Listen to Luke chapter 16, verse 13 in the New Living Translation. It says this, No one can serve two masters, for either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, Jesus was speaking, and he was painting a picture for the people that he was talking to on that day, and to us here this morning as well. That as a slave... I cannot serve this master and another master at the same time. It's, it's an impossibility. Because either I'm going to do hate the one, embrace the other. And he goes on to say that's similar in our walk with, with, with God. If we are going to serve, if we're going to allow our possessions and our money, to, that we're going to serve that, it's impossible for us to serve God at the same time. If money is our master, if we put our trust in it, if we depend upon it, it's impossible to serve God at the same time. That we, as we givers, as we become and continue to be giving and generous givers, it leads us to understand and have a greater dependence upon God because He is our source. He is our provider. He is the one that we serve. The second why. God's power abounds in a community of generous givers, in a family of generous givers, a people like Celebration Church, a church like this. As we are generous givers, God's power abounds in a community like this. Let me read you a passage out of Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 44. It says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those that were in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And then it says, 
And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. This church, this this group of people, the challenge for us today is as they became generous givers, as they didn't hold hold on to their possessions or let their possessions control them, they became generous givers. Not that we have to become like that. Not that we have to give everything, sell all our homes. But the principle is, the truth is, that they didn't hold on to that. But as they were generous in their giving, the Word of God says that every day the Lord was adding to the fellowship. Miracles were taking place. The miracle of salvation. The miracle of lives being changed as the power of God was released as people were generous givers. So that was why. Now what about how? Quickly, how should we give? I want to challenge us this morning that you and I need to give in times of abundance and in times of need. Because maybe you're sitting there thinking, Pastor Lathan, I, I, I don't have anything to give. All right? Well, that may be true. You may not have what the person sitting next to you has. You may not have what the person behind you has. You may not, but we have something to give. Kind of that pitch that we read in God's Word, and I'm not going to take time to read the passage, but... You know, there's a story of the rich young man that came to Jesus and wanted to know from Jesus, you know, what, 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 what do I need to do? How can I basically purchase what you got? And Jesus said to him, no. He said, I'll tell you what you need to do. Sell all you had, have, and give it to the poor. And it says that he walked away sad. He couldn't do it. Read the next story a little bit later that Jesus was watching as an offering was taken and a widow came. She had nothing. Nothing. Two coins. Two pennies. All she had, and she put that in. And God, Jesus turned and said, Man, there's never been an offering ever given as much as she's given. So whether we have abundance or whether we are in need, we should still be able to give. The final question, what? What should we give? Second Corinthians 9 verse 7 says this. What should we give? You must decide in your heart being reminded that our heart is connected, can be connected to our treasure. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or under, in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. The only place in God's Word where it's specified a percentage or, or what we should, how much we should give is when we talk about our tithe, that 10%. But we are to be givers over and above that, generous givers, giving of all that we have. How should we give? Why should we give? When should we give? What should we give? That as we focus in this, this, this season, as difficult a, a message or a challenge that it may be to us this morning, is that we to be the givers that God has, uh, desires for us to be. That we can be and be able to impact the world around about us. Touch the lives. See people's lives changed. Do you know that somebody had to give for you to be here this morning? You may think, well, I don't understand that. Well, you see, someone had to sacrifice. Somebody had to give in some form, in some way, for us to even be able to gather this morning and have the gospel shared and spoken. And so we can be generous givers and be able to reach out, whether it's right here at Celebration Church, throughout the country, and throughout the world, be generous givers. I'm going to invite our ushers if they would come and our worship team to come back onto the stage as we just prepare for communion. In a moment, we're going to be sharing communion. We're going to be holding a piece of bread in our hand and a cup in the other hand with wine 
that represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And we're going to be sharing and taking that together. But before we do, I have a question I want to ask you just in closing. Closing my message. The question is simply this. Have you been fishing yet? Now, I don't know what season of the year it is, and I'm not much of a fisherman. So whether it's trout season or whatever season, I don't have any idea. Because I'm not really talking about that kind of fishing, but I am challenging us. Have you been fishing yet in the sense of trusting God to provide for you in your need and provide for you even what you may believe God to give? Remember Pastor Ed last week talked about they approached the disciples for the tax, the temple tax. And Jesus said to the disciples, go fish. And they went out, caught a fish. He said, open its mouth. And they opened the mouth of the fish, and inside the mouth was was coins, enough to pay for the tax, the temple tax. Have you been fishing yet? Have you trusted God? Have you reached out and said, God, well, I'm going to trust you for, for, for this, this giving, this generous giving that I need. I want to share with you, as we close, two stories, two testimonies that this week has come that we heard about from somebody here that's a part of Celebration Church. All right? Someone that's here. Two of them. Listen to these. Folk that have been fishing, and God has answered. Listen to this testimony. The first one, it says, I have a story to tell you. We dropped our commitment card in the offering on Sunday, committing $500 and fully trusting God to provide. I just got a letter in the mail today from my employer. Apparently, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary as a company. And as part of, and as part of that celebration, I will be receiving $1,000 of bonus this month. Found money. Keep in mind, my company has been laid off and has laid off many associates this year and is under great public scrutiny due to the political climate regarding health reform laws. And raises have been virtually non-existent this year. Can you imagine my total shock as I read this letter? God provided, found money. Listen to this next testimony. This testimony from one of the children here at Celebration Church. It says this. As we're getting closer to the big service, I just wanted to give you a, a little testimony. Our son was looking at a giving card from TNT that's our children's ministry, the first through the fourth graders. They've been handed little cards as well for them to participate and be a part of this giving as well. He said they was handed this card from TNT, and his response was, well, I think I'm going to give $10, but I don't have any money left. He just had a birthday and had money given to him for his birthday, and he thought he had spent it all for his birthday. So I told him to pray about it. God provides. As I was telling them, as I was telling this to his father later on that night, the dad just smiled. He had not cashed one of the last checks for this little boy's birthday. And guess how much it was for? $10. God is moving in all ages. Keep doing what you do. Prayers as you move the church where it needs to go. Found money. Two wonderful testimonies of how God provides. Now this morning, before we take communion together, you may be here, and you may be here for the very first time. This may be the first time you've come to Celebration Church. And in a few moments, I'm going to invite all of us to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to invite you to repeat the prayer after me. Because there's a sense in which we're going fishing this morning in, a, in another way. Jesus instructed his disciples that they needed to be fishers of men. 
sharing the gospel, sharing the good news, allowing the Holy Spirit to take the words and bring conviction into our hearts and our lives in response to the truth, in response to the gospel. Beginning to realize, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. Someone here this morning may be sensing that right now. They've come this morning. They're a little unsure. They, they, maybe it's the first time. Maybe you've been coming for a while now, but still not too sure. But one thing that you're sensing right now, feel the Holy Spirit. You may not even know it's the Holy Spirit, but feeling the Holy Spirit touching your life and saying, you need forgiveness. You need to accept me into your life as your Lord and your Savior. Well, the good news is, as we pray this prayer this morning, that very salvation experience, that born-again experience, can begin in your heart and your life today, right now. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me. And I'm going to invite all of us to pray this prayer, just praying it together, repeating it after me. But if you're praying it this morning for the very first time, the miracle, a miracle of salvation will take place in your heart and your life. So would you repeat these words after me this morning? Dear Lord Jesus, something in my heart tells me I need you. I now confess my sin and repent of my sin. And by faith, ask you to come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. Amen.